0: Welcome to episode 569 of Sonic Talk. This is the podcast dedicated to music technology, uh, synthesizers, software, DSP, controllerism, production, uh, music production, live production, all of the things that surround the whole business of making and creating and in some cases consuming music as well and all the lots of other ancillary things besides uh, i want to say thank you very much to our friends at isotope who if you stay tuned you'll be able to win a copy of their rx7 software and also i want to say hello to the youtube chatties and also the irc chatties there'll be details of how you get to that if you just go to sonicstate.com forward slash live and while we're at, uh, at it we also want to say uh, we've got a special 20 percent discount off synthplex i don't know if you know synthplex is coming up in let me see, what does it say here? 29 days and 53 minutes and 26 seconds. Hard, soft, modular DJ pedals and more. Uh, that's a new show in Burbank uh, with Mike Learmouth and um, Michael Boddicker involved. Uh, they got uh, Thomas Dolby at it as well. And they've given us a 20%... Uh, off. So if you go to, if you just go to Bitly slash Synthplex twenty, that'll get you. If you're going to buy tickets, you'll save twenty percent. That's going to go up until the fifteenth of March. So it's worth checking out. If you're going to go anyway, you can save you twenty percent only on the day tickets and whatnot. I don't think it, it, it doesn't help with the with the uh, uh, the actual banquet or uh, so. But yes, go to it. Go and check it out. That's on. It starts on March the 28th, I think, the show. So, hello, folks. Uh, we've got a couple of people we haven't seen for a little while. We'll start off with uh, Mr. Yoad Nevo, who's over there. Uh, I think he's he's not in his studio. Last time we saw him, he was in his studio uh, where he does uh, his mixing and producing and songwriting and co-writing and all of those things. A new studio, which you've now finished, right, Yoad?
1: Yeah, just finished on Saturday, and I'm very, very relieved. Uh, Phew. It was yeah. It took ten months. It was crazy, Uh, and I'm really, really happy that I'm over. I mean, it's still not 100%, but at least the builders are out of the way and. Yeah, it's manageable.
0: Is a stu? Can a studio ever be a hundred percent though? There's always something in the fixed list, isn't there? But I suppose while you're uh, over there, because you're also working on uh, Waves products as well, uh, which is, I guess, you're you're on your Waves mm-hmm. day at the moment, or certainly will be. Waves
1: week, yeah. Waves week.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so, uh, do, can you ever finish it? Because the thing about building a studio is. When you finished it and you, you're you starting to use it, it's impossible to think of everything that you might want. So there's always, a, actually, we could, we could, we could, we could, you know,
1: yeah. feature creep. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the last studio I had, which I built over 10 years ago, um, I had uh, kind of channels for cables and, and, and things like that. So it was fairly easy to, to be honest, to add more stuff because pulling out old looms and unused stuff was impossible once you have it's a big lump of 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 cables so it's it's quite impossible to pull one out but i had to so i had to layer it was on top of the old ones as i needed them and and yeah when i took the studio apart there was so much redundant redundancy in terms of cabling and stuff like that um so this time i thought um hard on on uh, you know and long about everything and uh, I think I I managed to come up with a system that will last me f- uh, for for years to come you know there's always plus things are, are becoming more and more um, wireless um, so even for the live room I didn't even bother running uh, HDMI cables because I'm I'm gonna do it by whatever it is, air view or whatever ah, okay. kind of Wi-Fi or, or something of that sort, uh, instead of, uh, of worrying about long cabling and long USBs and stuff like that. I mean, I have all the leads in the walls, but I'm planning on doing it in a more kind of a mobile um, that sounds like five, a good idea way.
0: i guess the thing is also yeah. you can't go wrong with just sticking a load of pairs of cat5 or cat6 down exactly. because you yeah. can transport hdmi over uh with extenders over cat5 exactly. you can also send it via mm-hmm. ndi which is another another network protocol if you've got a box at either end yeah. you can just receive it so there's loads of ways of doing it
1: yeah so so i have uh, i have cat7 uh eight I way I, what eight is Cat 7? I've never 7, even heard of Cat to... 7. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get Cat 8 as well, but it was, like, really expensive. Uh, well, you know, I asked uh, the, the head of IT at Waves, uh, what should I get? And he said, get Cat 7, so that's what I did. It was very simple.
0: Right, okay. um, Sounds like a plan. You know, uh,
1: yeah, exactly. So I put eight, eight of the, uh, on each, like, in each room there's eight way. There's an eight way of uh, of of Cat Seven, so I think that will last me for a while.
0: That'll keep me going. Wow, good to hear it. Yeah. So, guys, you, oh, okay, you, you also refitted your. Oh, yeah, sorry. You also refitted your studio I just, recently. I just. Sorry, what did you want to say?
1: Just lastly, I just wanted to say that um, uh, in despite of all this modern technology and Cat Seven and whatnot, I also ran through the ceiling um i don't know if you remember the midi timepiece uh midi timepiece 2 uh, yeah. the mark of the unicorn and i have four or five of them so and you know that you can network two devices to get to give you 16 um ports you can ah. take one of them and then you you have a special um dab cable like the old mac serial cable oh
0: god yeah i know i know yeah
1: So I I managed to source one and and source an extension, and I ran it through the wall, and I just checked it the other day, and it works, and it's amazing because it's like the, you know. That's
0: that's old school. That's
1: the first. That's
0: 30-year-old technology, your 20-year-old technology. Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> analog awesome. maybe yeah
0: uh gaz you also have done <laughs> some uh refitting in fact have you got some new panels up there have i am i uh there is I some
2: sweet? yeah there i'm i'm getting more as well um so yes work in progress but the studio is much better and you're going to enjoy it next time you're here because it's a lot easier to uh
0: ah, well i must come it. over and have a look did yeah, you put any really... did you put any cat five or cat six in yours i one, did
2: so? yeah so i've got um all the kind of synths that are behind me um Nope, I can't get, oh no, you can't see him. Don't matter. But um they are all running into a um XR eighteen, which I think as people know we're quite big fans of. And I've got that now. Cap, the Cat Five is going into that. So um it's a really it's very a much more humble setup, but it's uh, it's working really well actually. The, the the um so I've got various uh iOS devices in fact I'm putting to use all of the old um, I've got four iPads in here now and um, so they're all running the uh, the the software for operating uh, either the the MR18 which is the Midas version or the Behringer XR18 Um, and it's so much better actually since I put it wired it in rather than using the the, the wireless that's
0: not quite yeah it just—it hmm. always goes down when you want it when you do, when you least want it to. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. the same. We've got a, an XR18 just here, but we also hmm. we also just invested in. A, we bought an SD8, uh, uh, which is the AS50 stage box for the Ooh. for the uh, for the 32 and that and that it sounds a lot better. It's a lot because we were previously coming out uh, just ADAT out of a uh, oh, that's right. an old AD8. Uh, thousand, which is a you know not such a great. Uh, I mean, it's just an old uh, mic Well, It's and, had a good
2: inning, so wasn't it?
0: It certainly. I has. remember going
2: into a BBC broadcast van. Gosh, nearly twenty years ago, and it was just racks of those ADA 800s? hundred eight. 000,
0: eight thousands, yeah,
2: yeah. And um, but in the studio, my setup now is kind of working really nicely, and I. I've been um, using um, Maschine as a um, as my main MIDI sequencer, and that's really good fun. It actually, I think people underestimate how good a MIDI sequencer that is. Um, you know, irrespective of using any of the sampley. Sort I'm of disappointed temperate. you're not
0: using the OPZ at Gaz. To be honest, I've I really am. thought oh, I you are been as, as well. your main sequencer.
2: <laughs> no, as my main sequencer, but it's uh, uh yes, uh, <laughs> but. Um, Oh, I was going to say though I did a little thing the other day, which was quite good fun i um I re- realized I've got eight analog synths here, and um I had all the eight, I had the same sequence coming out of machine on to all eight and I set all of the levels exactly the same and then just going through the solos just jumping between them all and I just set all of the synthesizers just to be playing a very very you know vanilla um and sawtooth wave with a you know the filter fully open so just to try to get them all exactly the same sounding play in the same sequence and then just just jump in between the solos just uh just to sort of kind of listen to the flavor of the different sawtooths and um really interesting and actually i said i had seven analogue synths, actually, actually one digital synth and funnily enough the digital synth sounded the
0: fattest <laughs> well there you go Sometimes yeah. it's, sometimes yeah. that's exactly the case. Yeah. yeah. Um, I won't say which. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Well, don't. D- that's exactly. <laughs> you, you can keep that information <laughs> I, to yourself, save it for a <laughs> But I guess the thing is you could do stuff with DSP on that kind of business. Uh, right, let's mm. get on to uh, some news. Obviously, the big the big news, the big shock was the uh, passing of Mark Hollis, uh, Talk oh, Talk's no. main guy. I mean, this is it's horrible to start on a sad, uh, sad note, but... Mm. On a positive front, it makes you kind of go back and listen to all that great stuff. I actually did find uh, there's a really interesting interview, which is uh, Mark Hollis talking about the making of uh, Spirit of Eden and Laughingstock, uh, and it's via uh, Port Film Co-op. And uh, it's just... Every album but... we've come out and we thought, oh, yeah, this is definitely better than the last. Because if if we didn't think that... So yeah, it really, we, he doesn't we, sound like what I expect him to sound. He sounds a lot more no, it's a keyter, isn't he? He's Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it's a really interesting interview just about the whole creative process, particularly because Spirit of Eden, as we know, is quite groundbreaking, particularly after mm. their sort of big 80s kind of studio vibe where they really mm. focused on songwriting. They kind of went all Miles Davis and improv, and it sounded... There's one point in this interview where he's saying, yeah, I mean, you're lucky if you've got... Uh, you know, you're going through sort of 10 hours of stuff. I mean, you know, 10% would be really good of stuff you could use from improvisation sometimes even half a percent is really good and i was thinking Crikey, what a nightmare but guys i know you're a big fan and a lot of absolutely. people sort of, of, of of a similar age were just you know he's a real they're a real shining light in that sea of rather um unpleasantness mm-hmm. that the 80s could have been and they they, they managed oh, to absolutely. shine like a beacon right
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, by the end of the 1980s, I'd really, you know, I love like 1970s music, 1960s music, I'd I'd got really sick of that 80s kind of production sound. And uh, somebody played me Spirit of Eden a couple of years after it came out, it came out in 1988. Um, I think I heard it first in 1990, maybe 1991. But um, it was just the absolute antithesis of 1980s production. And I was fascinated by it, and i 'm still completely fascinated by it and but for many years, and i 'm sure many people will actually relate to this, loving that album, I felt like I was in a really little secret gang uh because I would meet people and invariably it would turn out that we that it would be our sh- sort of shared favorite album and all sorts of intriguing and interesting stuff would happen as a um that and that this album was the was the bind was the thing that bound it together And i'll give an example um uh, sean organ who's been a drummer and in my band for 20 years really and you know when we first met was in the hell's angels headquarters in south wales the berserkers or that's another story. But uh, that's where we first met and we were talking and we discovered that we had this, uh, you know, that it was our favourite album. And um, a number of years later and he joined the band and we uh, we got a flat that we were going to share. And we moved into this flat and um, we were looking around the flat the first day we got in there. It was a big old house in Cardiff and there was a basement there. And we went down into the basement. And uh, we had to use a torch because the light wasn't working. And there was nothing in this basement apart from this old table. I went and just looked at this table and there was a drawer in the table and it opened the drawer and what should be inside uh, was an original copy of Spirit of Eden. I was just like, wow, this there's something about the album, just magical stories around it. I mean, there's something about that music. But I mean, to talk about, you know, obviously the, the sad loss of Mark Hollis is, you know, Mark Hollis... We have heard not a peep from him since just after his um, so, his solo album, the Mark Hollis album. For those of you who don't know this, um, obviously Talk Talk in the nineteen eighties started off as like a synth pop band, and then the pivotal album, uh, the Beautiful Color of Spring, which has still got sort of hallmarks of nineteen eighties, you know, big drums and all this kind of stuff. And uh, uh, some, there are some clues on there. I mean, and where Chameleon is going today? Yeah. Where it's going but not really was you know we weren't really prepared for what what they what they became 1988 spirit of eden and then followed by 1991's absolutely stunning laughing stock and then nothing that was it that was the end of talk talk after that incredible album and then there was nothing until 1998 when mark hollis released um his like a a, a, eponymous solo album with a very peculiar thing on the cover who knows what that is like a bread dog i don't know what it is (laughs) but um uh, an amazing album and uh, one of the c- one of the constants apart from Mark Hollis across this is the uh, the incredible um engineer Phil Brown and Phil released a book a few years back called uh, Are We Still Rolling and there's some really interesting anecdotes about the making of these albums um but like Mark Hollis though was this you know he retired more or less yeah uh, more or less there's one there are a few things he did produce an album with along with Phil Brown um Jan Galbarek's daughter Anya Galbarek it's a great album very underrated and she obviously was a huge fan of those talk talk albums um but 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 that was it I mean we
0: didn't that Yeah, it. It sort of disappeared the 20, didn't he, just got on just with his disappeared life. yeah good for him. uh
2: and yeah and uh you know it's this kind of in a way I mean it's so sad that he's died for sure but I mean you know I mean in terms of his musical output I mean that stopped in 1998 with that album uh and there's so many questions and such a lot of things I it, always wanted to know
0: yeah it's interesting isn't it the uh, the the, con- the idea that you know that that's the whole thing about the twenty seven club, isn't there? You know where you know if you die young, then everybody remember. But you could just disappear from <laughs> the scene and still have just as much yeah. of an impact, are you? And I mean, you can yeah. you could still just sort of retreat, and mm-hmm. people will still go, wow. You know what was it they were doing? It so you know it doesn't have the same kind. I don't know. Does talk talk speak to you in the same way?
1: Um, not in the same way, um, I imagine, as to, to to you both. I mean, I I, I loved it, and I loved the, the sound because it was, like I said, it was it was different, and it was uh, kind of lush and and I don't know, just wide and warm uh, and very poppy, which is something that that I really like. The combination of something not being kind of too, I I don't like using the word. There was uh, cold and warm and, and all that, but there was something about it, like I said, that uh, that was just different and uh, well, it's and very it's emotional. very saddening. He was to... a very passionate performer, yeah, wasn't he? I mean, he,
0: yeah. his vocal yeah, and, and, and there's something more... about yeah. this
1: voice, absolutely, absolutely, something about this voice that is really like a, a proper kind of I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't say the one of the voices of the eighties, yeah, possibly. Possibly, uh, definitely in pop. Yeah, uh, I'd agree. Yeah, and uh, um, yeah, yeah. But
2: there the, is something the I'd like to say, though. Something about *Spirit of Eden*, which is really interesting from a technical point of view, is that um, that album was actually it was recorded onto digital, onto yeah. I think Mitsubishi thirty-two channel sort of digital mm-hmm.
1: tape. They had really good but, good sound. Those machines,
2: yeah. Oh right, but they only used pre nineteen sixty seven front end, so preamps and mics that were from mm,
1: that's this interesting. so in
2: a way this is kind of how interesting this was in 19 well i presume
0: 1987 maybe so it's got ahead of its time in a way you know that's what well
2: i mean how you know this is how we've moved isn't it this idea of you know like a, you know a digital recorder but this really you know like an esoteric front end and um yeah so i think that was you know an interesting aspect yeah my colleague's quite interesting Oh
1: sorry go. On. Uh no just just regarding the those dash the XAT uh, uh it it had there was something about it there was something about it and I know that uh, that uh, CLA was using them until relatively recently he was just copy any everything to to like two machines and and run the you know the the SSL automation and all that. There's something about those machines, and I have to say that there was something of a slightly later era. Um, there was something about the DigitSign 888. You know the, the 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 front end of Pro Tools at the time, which was even the 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 16 bit version. There was something about it. It sound sounded like. Like a machine, so it, even though it wasn't a tape machine, there was something about it that sounded like
0: there was some mechanics. It involved. was going right.
1: into into yeah into a machine rather than a computer, and I kind of miss this uh, because these days everything is so transparent and there's so much headroom and there's so little noise, um, and and perhaps one one of the contributors to to to, to that. Sound is the noise because uh, at one point, uh, uh, maybe ten years back, I was I was uh, really obsessed with with dithering and noise. Um, right about the time when we started doing the modeling uh, plugins, and we we came to learn how much the noise and the hum and the hiss and all that um, all those factors were really important to the sound. And this is something that I remember from the old days of, of mixing uh, from from analog tape and and sending the different tracks to different reverbs and delays and stereo enhancers and AMS and all that you get even even if there's nothing playing you you immediately get that sense that sense of grandness uh, just because everything is like all the hiss and the hum is going through all these effects, and and just the differences between the the channels on the desk when they panned left and right, you get this. You get this sense of, I don't know, I can't explain it. And at one point, I was I was producing um, an album for uh, Noah. Uh, she's an, an amazing singer for for Universal, and um, when I mastered uh i mix it on an analog on j K- uh, j9000 uh, ssl and uh, when i and, which is very quiet so the so the mixes were were kind of were really clean and everything but then I, w- I just got obsessed about adding more and more and more and more noise until i ended up um mastering the album with a noise floor at minus 40 and Blimey. so I obviously faded it, and it, because it wasn't like a dither which just runs through a plugin, it was a noise that I added, a stereo noise. I, I took, I don't know, I I recorded the dither noise of some plugins and converters, and uh, not converters, some some.
0: Um, oh, well, you just added uh, that to the signal. And,
1: and, and I added that, and I found I I I liked the one that uh, Toast made. So you you had a, a it was Rob, a cd you know, burner and wasn't it Tops. yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And, the, <laughs> that and that was and that was the one that i preferred the most so i actually but yeah. i actually increased the, the level of it and then i made sure you don't hear any hiss on the album so it was just when the music was playing and it was fading before the music ended just, and all that ah, but it just okay. contributed so much to the sound it was unbelievable
0: that's really a, wow that's a really interesting idea just uh, yeah, about yeah. Mark Hollis then, his, his solo
2: album He, you know one of the things that typifies these um these these i, I think I, I think of them as a trilogy Spirit of Eden laughingstock and the, the Mark Hollis solo album um there's an incredible dynamic range across these things they're really you know which again sort of flies in the face, certainly like Spirit of Eden you know these incredible dynamic movements that uh, we haven't really heard. For many years, within the kind of rock music world, certainly much more akin to kind of what you'd experience in classical music or acoustic jazz music, but um, so this kind of process went across these three albums. But the the final album, the Mark Hollis album, was recorded with just a, a pair of microphones uh, in the room that didn't move, and they did have different overdubs going, but they the the, the the musicians would position themselves in the room. So the mics stayed put. So they would sort of essentially each layer went down. They would place them in the stereo space by having that as a, a pair of fixed mics. And I think it's it's quite interesting, especially with what, what Noah was saying about the noise. If like the first song, it takes a while before it comes in and you just kind of hear the noise. I mean, those mics are probably always just being a certain distance away from things, you know. Even with the sig- signal chain they had, there's a little bit of noise. And before the first note, I, I can't remember how long it is, but it's certainly, you know, like a, many seconds of just this kind of noise, like a, like a kind of hiss or just. And in, and that's your introduction into it. And it and it's, it, feels it sets like, up
0: an expectation, doesn't it? Noise can be very very useful. I remember. Uh, mm. Yeah, there, there are so many ways that it can be used, and it, it, particularly if you if you increase the amount of noise coming, because we're so used to not hearing it, you automatically think the next thing you're going to hear is going to be really really loud, because it sounds <laughs> like somewhere in the system the gain has gone up more than it should have done. <laughs> in fact, they, they, I remember they used it. I think they used it in the first um, Spielberg. Uh, um, Dinosaur thing, Jurassic Park. There was a bit where there was just silence, but then the noise—it just got really loud. So it was like some, and and it increased the tension in the room before the big sort of something happened. Because you <laughs> just, you just thought that there was going to be something, you know, something really loud is going to happen, and it was psychologically worked very well. But that's another story, anyway. But yeah, <laughs> the sad news of Mark uh, Horace's demise. I mean, there, I'm sure there will. They're, I mean, I was looking on YouTube. There's lots of people posting. Mm-hmm. You can hear the music. Yeah, there are different phases of it you can hear. And if you get a chance to listen to that interview, it's quite interesting because it's there's a lot of detail. A lot of uh, this is the one that's uh, Mark Hollis' interview uh, on Port Film Co op. That's well worth checking out because there's a lot of insight into the process and how they mm. decided to put it together and whatnot. It's quite interesting. And, and also, I, I must check out the Phil Brown book. Um, uh, this, can, I say,
2: just, yeah. can I just say one last thing, just because it's relevant to this? It's it just interestingly. Um, 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 Paul Webb, who goes under the pseudonym of Rustin Man, uh, he released his kind of first album. He, he did an album with Beth Gibbons from Portishead about 17 years ago, an amazing album called Out of Season um, uh, that was engineered by Phil Brown and certainly has got certain textural um, alignment with that latter talk-talk. And then nothing for 17 years and then Rust, Rustin Mann released this album. I think it came out just at the beginning of February. Um, Jamie little on his um, on his podcast, he did an interview with Paul. Ah, Liddell, so okay, it's so it's Jamie
0: Little music. So we can, uh, yeah, can yeah. He's a,
2: he's a hanging with audiophiles yeah, pod, podcast. Yeah. Um, and that album. I mean, it's just it's just like a like a sad coincidence, really, that that the first thing to emerge from that talk talk stable has happened this month. Which has yeah. sadly coincided with Mark's passing, but uh, I, you know, I've listened to it a, a few times now. First listen, I was a little bit, ooh, not sure, but it's really growing on me, like like the Talk Talk stuff, really. So, that, right, but, you know, yeah. Anyway, that was it. Thank you.
0: Cool. Well, um, we're just going to have a quick word from our friends over at Isotope, then we'll announce the competition, and uh, we will be back in just a second.
3: RX continues to be the industry standard and leader in audio repair for music and post-production. And with RX-7, we've introduced groundbreaking new ways to quickly and easily fix and manipulate audio. Take the game-changing Repair Assistant, an intelligent helper that can detect noise, clipping, clicks, hum, and more. Also new in RX-7 is Music Rebalance, a powerful source separation tool. Drums too loud, vocals not loud enough, let's fix that. You can also create instrumental versions of songs by removing the vocal elements. You can now alter the pitch without affecting the timing of your audio, and conversely, alter the time without affecting the pitch with the new Variable Time and Variable Pitch modules. Using the new Dialog Contour, you can improve the performance of a line or even create a new performance by altering the pitch contour of the dialogue, therefore adjusting the intonation of the speaker and introducing Dialog de a module powered by machine learning to reduce the presence of reverberations around dialogue rx7 a new frontier in audio repair
0: and of course you can download a copy of rx Uh, you just head over to isotope.com and uh, there's a a, a basically a demo download where you get to to figure out what it all could do. There's tons of tutorials on there. And we have competition uh, from last week. Uh, we asked uh, for uh, various hashtags and we got a winner. Uh, the winner is uh, Stephen B. Coleman, uh, who uh, posted the winning tweet. Uh, so if you want to get in touch at Stephen B. Coleman, uh, we can get you a copy of uh, RX uh, sent right over to you. Thank you very much. And we do have... Uh, um, Competition again this week, and this week we're looking for the hashtag Mix Deconstruction. The hashtag Mix Deconstruction, uh, which was basically... I don't know if you saw the... Uh um, the Mark Ethier interview that we did—he uh, was very proud of that particular feature, that kind of exploding the individual elements. Anyway, the hashtag mixed Deconstruction the hashtag #RX7 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. If you want to enter the competition, and we thank them very much for providing the prize. Uh, okay, let's take a look. What uh, what's next on? Ah, uh, yeah, this is kind of a bit mad. Shall we? Uh, shall we? Shall we have a bit of Soma Labs? This? Oh no, that's not. <laughs> that's this one. I do beg your pardon. Wrong one. This is the new Mm Soma Labs Ether. Soma Labs, Vlad Kreimer, who is.
3: Electromagnetic waves. And they are all around us. And this is Ether. It's a wide band receiver that makes them audible to the human ear. Ether is a kind of anti radio. Instead of being tuned to a specific radio station, it receives all the interference and radiation that the traditional radio tries to eliminate in order to create a clean signal. It captures the radio waves as is from hertz to gigahertz because it doesn't contain the tune.
0: So essentially it picks up Everything, all the electromagnetic noise. I, I'm really digging that voiceover. It's very a- a- ASMR, actually. She's got a lovely mm. voice uh, and the, the great accent. Um, but this is the mm. uh, so the idea is you could bring it into that. It picks We've seen these things before. I, I think uh, um, Coma uh, labor- Coma did something. Coma Electronics did something where you can pick kit. things up. The field kit. There are you know there are ways. But the, what's really interesting it's so sensitive. You can't record stuff on your phone. You have to keep your phone kind of a meter away from it. You have to keep the, <laughs> the audio recording order a meter away from it with the lead otherwise that starts to introduce electromagnetic and you get this sort of feedback but I think the idea is it just records sort of random noises uh, as you're walking around and there's a lovely piece of music at the end that's taken from it and it's 120 euros and it's that sort of mad uh Vlad Kramer kind of uh, invention who's done the pipe and the Lyra 8 I mean we love his stuff I mean this seems perhaps a little bit niche even for me because you, you can't actually play it you just sort <laughs> of suck all the sounds in right
2: Oh, it's a fascinating device though isn't it I love that like that little animation at the beginning of the video there where you see all the kind of waveforms coming yeah up great thing. isn't it um, yeah, really cool thing i'm I am quite tempted to be honest I'm just almost out of just so curious just to just to go around my studio and just go around my house and just to see what's you know what's going on um,
0: so you could use it as uh, a, you could use it as a kind of uh, as a, a diagnosis tool as well right ooh
2: I suppose so. I mean maybe be able to find out if the power supply is gone on something. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. The um it does make me wonder if it does give you a bit of insight to what the kind of poor animals who've got incredible hearing have been you know, subject to. I mean I'm not sure if they <laughs> you know, insects or something, the bats. but um <laughs> yeah, the bats.
0: Marine oh, yeah. mammals, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this would be a really cool thing to have in... You know, I've got, like, a, a little cupboard of, of oddities that I, I pull out on productions just to, just whilst looking for those um, quirky, textural things. And, and in fact, absolutely... Um, the conversation we were having earlier about noise, this, you know, uh,
0: that give you lots of flavors of noise, won't it? Yeah. Lots of Mm -hmm. (laughs) flavors of noise. There's a good, there's there's a good show title. That could be, there's a show (laughs) title. I'm writing that down. Flavors (laughs) of noise. Um, Yeah.
2: But the video is really nice, isn't it? In, In that it does actually show, I mean, all of it is, it's not musical sound necessarily. Yeah, but... well,
0: sort of none of it is musical sound, is 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 the thing <laughs> I would get from that. So it, it, that's the only thing I would say.
1: I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, does, it, does, it
0: doesn't it mean that you're going to end up... I mean, would you want to record eight hours of that stuff and then find well, a good bit?
1: I, well, you just said something. You said, would you want to record? But my question is, why can't it just record the sounds? It just uh, plays them and... what Apparently, what, the, the, what apparently
0: because it, just even putting something that would be writing to an SD card or whatever would introduce its own level of mechanical, electrom- an RF, which would then be amplified so it would become self-oscillating, if that's such a thing, in this sort of uh, context.
1: I, but then what are you supposed to do with it? Go well, around you, the tube and, and listen to sounds? And, well, you can record what? with it. I mean, you can, I would... No,
0: you, you can, you would record into a, a recorder, but you have to have the recorder so, a little bit further yeah, but away. imagine
1: I, I understand, but imagine that I would I would make try to make the effort of uh, you know there are ways of doing it. If you generate some um, um, magnetic uh, radiation, it would be fixed and it will be known. So you can find ways of canceling it out and things like that um because i think that that would be amazing to to be able to go and just with this device in your pocket and then just to pr- press record on it
0: yeah i um,
1: would so that would be amazing amazing the other thing i was thinking of uh, of is you know perhaps it can be used to to assist the the visually
0: um uh, visually impaired, visually
1: impaired. Right? Bec- yeah because if imagine if you have four of those then you would get a surround image of your, of your, you know, uh, your surroundings electronic surroundings. Oh. Yeah, and maybe That's this could, could some way, uh, you know, assist in some way. I don't know, hmm. something to explore.
0: I guess the thing is for 120 euros, putting a, uh, all the technology that would require to record and the A to Ds and all of that stuff in it might end up, mm. you know, just bumping it up into less of an impulse buy. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I take just... your point.
2: I wonder what it would sound like, you know. I mean, obviously, something that we can't do, but just to go through the, go back in time and hear how much more noise we're subject to now than, you know, would. Well, I think you could do then. that just
0: by visiting locations where there isn't anything. So, I mean, I'm sure you could do that. But.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah it's it's
0: a, I guess it's an oddity, but it, it's the sort of thing that some people will find, uh, find handy. If you want to check it out, uh, it's uh, Soma Laboratory, no, Synth, isn't it? dot com. Um, And you can order it from them, uh, €120 plus tax. So, you know, it's not a great deal of money to spend, uh, but it is some money. It
1: could be a greater generator for, for a modular system. You know, yeah, that's true. If you had something like that, it's an endless source of kind of uh, weird noise. Well, people, noises.
0: Do, people do. In fact, uh, Ian Boddy does. Uh, he's got like a little radio that he uh, just tunes between the yeah. station and picks up and, mm-hmm. and, and, and samples bits of noise and brings it in and, and filters it and stuff. So, I mean, I guess you could do it. You can do it in that way as but well.
1: There is a, there is a, there is a, um, a UREC module, which there is, is a, an AM tuner or an FM tuner or whatever. Yeah, there is one. At least one. That, that, that and there's one I'm on the sure OP1 as well,
0: it. I seem to remember, isn't there? Uh,
2: just a radio, FM radio.
0: Oh, it's FM radio. Okay, so you get stereo. I, uh, I can't see what it is. Auto part, yeah, I, I'm looking for it, but I, ha- I can't find the actual uh, URL. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, let's go to this first, actually, because this was kind of cool. This is um, Bevin, I think it is. Maybe it's not. Oh, there it is. This is the MIDI wrist, which is something I know that mm-hmm. you... This is uh bluetooth midi and midi control on a apple watch which is i think it's our first and this is just simple transport control but he, he also uh, controls an S 9 uh, which has got bluetooth midi built in and there's also the potential i think which is coming up of voice recognition to midi commands using the watch as well so it looks like it could work i mean i don't have an apple watch and i'm, I'm very unlikely to get one but i suppose if i did it might give me a reason to have it. I don't know, Gaz. I mean, you're the uh, you're the one you're the one amongst us. Well, I don't know, but maybe Yoad does as well. But you've got an Apple Watch. I mean, have you been? Uh,
2: I've, I've, so I've got it, and um, I've been playing around with it. Uh, and when I first was starting playing with it, oops, you might Gosh, have to take it off, <laughs>
0: otherwise it's going to break your arm.
2: Um, but, uh, yeah, the gist of it is quite interesting at first i was a little bit think i was a little bit unsure of the applications for it but um i mean transport control alone is actually really helpful um uh it transmits standard mmc um does it I've send over rtp
0: it. can you can you use it with rtp midi as well and sort of fire it around the place
2: Yes. So what what happens is, you know, obviously um, an Apple Watch needs uh, an iPhone to accompany it. So the iPhone is essentially, you know, whatever the iPhone can do within the MIDI world, this is just like an extension ah, to okay. that. Um, uh, although I think I, I'm not sure in, with the Bluetooth side of it. If you, I'm assuming you're always going to have your phone nearby. I mean, all the configuration, all everything mainly happens through the phone anyway but um there is some quite interesting haptic aspects of it so the haptic you know this thing has got like a little knocking function so like when you um when you say push a button like uh so um uh, so there's different pages on on the watch you've got uh am not sure if i can be able to uh, just get into here i'm not sure if you can if this is going to be easy to see uh but i'll i'll, I'll explain it as a um, you've got main pages, you've got, uh, uh, like, like a transport window. There. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. okay. That makes yeah.
2: sense. So when you push those,
0: you get a little haptic reaction. Does it, does it which clock? You... Does it, does it metronome back at you? One, two, three, four? No,
2: not yet. I mean, that might be something coming. Here's another co- quite cool thing. Oh, <laughs> oh, the watch sorry because it's, it's also a watch <laughs> no because it's off my wrist it's not you know you're not you really need it to be on the wrist um but you've got a program change um which is quite cool um then you've got these uh these like uh parameters and then, yeah, and then what you do is you use the the uh the crown on the side to uh,
0: uh adjust okay.
2: parameters and that's actually got a very nice action to it. And it feels quite, uh, it does feel quite nice. And if you've got multi, if you were to select multiple, oh, God, I'm so hard, I'm looking at myself. Yeah, it's but, very
0: difficult. It's tricky. But sorry. So it this does,
2: is a I mean, bit it, does, it does, it does, yeah. have,
0: you know, it, it may seem a little bit kind of crazy and who needs that. But you found that it, you have applications for it, right? I'm, 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 yeah, it's interesting.
2: Uh, you know, it is interesting. There is, uh, like, there's like a chaos pad. There's an XY there Ah, as that well. makes sense. Yeah, you a know, little XY All, all the CC parameters are all adjustable from the phone so you can customize it however you want um so far i found the best application for it myself is um using it with the aum mixer that we were talking about earlier running that on my ipad uh that just straight away responded to the mmc transport control uh which is great because i love setting aum with uh, a hybrid of uh physical inputs and um audio unit inputs and various things like that and yeah. and having uh so you know having that transport control uh certainly cool but i really think that what it is tapping into which i think it is the voice is the voice control stuff you know yeah i mean that's know, getting uh, really
0: really good um let me just hmm. go to Yoad at a second Yoad, I, I don't know if you're an apple watch user or whether you know i know you've got lots no, of custom setup stuff but I mean do you mm-hmm. do you use do you use touchscreen controllers to control it? I mean I know you build quite a lot of hardware custom hardware for your midi controllers you seem mm-hmm. to have that in fixed places in your setup
1: Um yeah I mean I would say that if if I was wearing a watch I would definitely get something like that but I I just physically can't stand the, you know the, the restraints
0: you want to you want to go free. Yeah. You go Wrist commando. Exactly. There's another title. Wrist commando.
1: Yeah. But otherwise, otherwise, I think it's a nice idea. I was thinking, you know, when I when I looked at it, I was thinking that it would be something that is based on the accelerometer of the watch and will be sending XYZ controllers and when i saw the the guy playing guitar i thought oh he's going to trigger some shakers at the same time or something like well, from, that you know ah, okay. that was my initial until i noticed that the watch is actually on his left hand so uh so something like that could be really amazing where where you can i think there's there's actually a controller like that but it's not a wrist um it's not on your wrist it's something that you i think you hold and then you yeah. you can control it's like a th- yeah, 3d a thermine or something yeah. like that i yeah that that is something okay. that I would definitely explore. That's I,
0: interesting. I, th- I think
2: there I think there's going to I think he's looking into using the accelerometers. I think that's that's going to be coming. Um something I should mention though is that um it's a very it's such a such a smart cookie and um he, you know, um, well, he's behind he's, the
0: uh, Moog, the Moog apps, and you know, he's, he's the Moog, yeah, absolutely, and
2: uh, has been a has been into, very, very important in the development of, or rather, the uptake of MPE as a sta- you know, standard, and uh, also a number of years back, he released uh, Gecko for the yeah. um, the Loop Motion, which was a CC controller that would, you know, that would respond to all sorts of things. Um, you know gestural kind of yeah i think so i've got clearly... a,
0: i've got one of those in the cupboard somewhere <laughs> i don't <even> yeah, mean... <laughs> i got one here yeah
2: um but uh so i think he's he's definitely this is like i think early days for for midi wrist but i do think it's got I think it is. As I say, at first, I wasn't sure. and so it's, it's, it's got legs. Well, it's interesting, it's got isn't legs. it?
0: You were talking about voice command, and this is something that's that's also very interesting to me. I mean, I've, I've particularly like recently, uh, Google's Translate has got extremely accurate. We were noticing the captioning it was doing on some of our YouTube videos from Nam was very advanced you know capitalization of midi capitalization of brand names you know right. te- getting technical terms hyphenated you know it was like wow that's like it was 9095% mm. accurate which is astonishing And for music, you know, you think, oh, that'd be great. But then, by the same token, I've got an Alexa at home, and recently Mm -hmm. I've been playing the radio on it, and I have to shout at it really loud because it can't seem to uh, differentiate me saying, Mm -hmm. "Alexa, can you shut up?" while the radio's on at the same time in itself. So it's sort of, it's, it's this sort of, it's a difficult. How do you get it to do that? Because if you're working in music and you're using voice commands, does that mean you've got to turn your music down to be able Mm -hmm. (laughs) to? for it to work um, I just, that's, that's just giving me a great idea Nick imagine getting like
2: an ice cream van type thing with big PA systems on there if like you've got K-Lan. a new album a new album coming out yeah and just drive around the streets, going like some hey Alexa play Asteroid Deluxe or you know just blaring <laughs> out hey Siri well, it play actually, Asteroid Deluxe just drive it around actually, everywhere it, it actually, everywhere
0: you go. <laughs> that's a good idea um,
1: it actually <laughs> happened during the, the Super Bowl uh, in the states i think a couple of years ago when an advertising company uh just said uh alexa go to exactly like you said and it actually like 50 million homes oh, went no. to to this website or something like that yeah it actually happened that's, that's
0: really interesting i can see uh, that sort, yeah, of, but, that sort but, of voice recognition guerrilla action that's gonna kind of that's <laughs> definitely gonna happen
1: isn't it yeah but i think that um it would be great. I have I have uh, this this little Alexa thing, and it allows you only to to to, to call it uh, Alexa or and another name. Uh, but it would be great if you could program your own sounds, because then you could do you could do something like um, I don't know pizza or something like that with a lot of consonants, and and it would it would cut through the like yeah, you name a, a cat, idea. you know yeah. something with a kind of a. Um, that would go through the the music or whatever is playing,
2: yeah. Or that's Or just a, a good scream
1: idea. or something.
2: Yes. Yeah, with the <laughs> with the watch, yeah. you do have the option to have like you can just raise it and talk into it without having to do the "Hey Siri" kind of thing to start it. It it uses the the detects the motion of of it being turned to you, and um, there's a app that um, Rick Alpin put me onto called um, Just Press Record. And it's, uh, it's a very very simple record app, and uh, she literally just ris- list. Well, I can do it. Just press record. So now that's it goes into a record mode, and then that will then automatically get transferred up to the cloud. But the thing that surprised me was actually the, the, the microphone in the uh, in the watch is really clear. I was really surprised. Right. Ostensibly, you would use that record function for um for uh you know just like as, as like a dictaphone
0: voice night um, or whatever
2: yeah and and the app itself has you know <laughs> got the sort of a transcribe function that sort of thing but for just uh you know when you just want to quickly grab a musical idea you know you've just got it on on your wrist i was really surprised he's <laughs> still recording away at the moment but i was um so we did a gig a couple of weeks ago, this with Charlotte Church, Pop Dungeon, brilliant gig. Afterwards, we have this crazy, crazy party and there was this um, this big sing-song thing broke out and I thought, ooh, good opportunity, I'll grab it, I'll record it into my wrist, uh, into the watch. Um, but then I, I forgot to press stop. <laughs> and then it, the next day, my watch was, it was really still going with batteries and it said, how's going? Why is that? Should I? And I thought, oh, my God. So I've got all the party, I've got six... Hours recording and I've got all this, all this stuff, stuff you shouldn't have. I've, yeah, so all this stuff I shouldn't have. And then there was this taxi driver argument with someone. I've got it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, well,
0: I mean, it's just like it's, it's, it's like dashcam. It's like, it's just like a dashcam, isn't it? Really, effectively, yeah, social yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Exactly. Uh, but the thing that's scary about that is, you know, that audio will probably be anal- analysed by somebody for voice stuff because, as we've seen, you know, the voice the voice thing is, is really useful, but it's also quite sinister. You know, I, I don't know. Many, many times me and Jane have been talking about stuff and then related ads will appear on her Facebook stream because yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's picked true. up. Yeah, it's and everybody true. goes, oh, no, 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 that's not. And it bloody well is. It absolutely, no, no, it is. absolutely I heard
1: is. I I heard another thing Uh, I'm not sure if it's true but uh, this is what I heard that Samsung TVs um, listen to you and even if you're offline they record and then sync it once it's back online I I mean I don't know if it's true but I wouldn't be surprised if it is I have too Um, so you know
0: yeah not sure how I feel about that I mean convenience is one thing but then there's privacy also I mean you know exactly there exactly. is definitely
2: a. Well, I mean that's out. the thing. You know, if if you're recording and you got your phone out, uh, uh, there's some sort of obvious thing there. But but when it's like recording on on the wrist, there, there's no there's no indication or anything that you're recording. Mm-hmm. Well, um,
0: this is the thing. I mean, just an, an aside. I mean. You can you can fire up uh, instances of Google Translate. You know you can you can actually buy you know cloud uh, resources where you will just send it audio files and it will translate. So you know anybody can access this. This te- you have to pay them for that. But I mean, if you're an evil uh, empire, then that's not really a problem. Hmm. If you if you decide that you wanted to you know release a thing with a mic in it and it just constantly fed the whole lot up to your own little Google box that was then running it all through the uh, the big. AI brain, that happens. I mean, you know, and that, this this is another thing about audio, I suppose. And, and you know, as much as we find the an, an analysis and the help, you know, certainly Isotope doing great stuff with analysis and machine learning of, of audio imprints, I'm sure Waves have got similar technology, you know, either in use or, you know, on the, on the back burner, just to be able to analyse the frequency content of music, to be able to learn, to, you know, to learn EQ, because whatever it may be, you know, a lot of this stuff, this data is being processed all the time, you know, by... By various kind of supercomputers all over the place but it's the speech stuff that is is a bit concerning anyway that's uh mm. that's probably getting Absolutely. a little bit off topic but yeah yeah anyway <laughs> what, what was what was that? that that was it soma labs ether there we go i think that led to yeah. something there and, um and the MIDI uh, watch. MIDI watch. And, oh yeah that's the midi watch yeah i forgot about that oh yeah we should also a uh, big big uh great news uh it looks like jexus uh who's wc garb is back this is the Guy, I think he's Polish. Been offline for a year. He made—he was the guy who made all the videos, the only synth demo videos for a very long time with this kind of incredibly interesting uh, stylistic video content. I like the rabbit. Oh, yawning rabbit! Isn't that nice? That's a, you can't be. So uh, I think he starts off with—I'm trying to remember what his first synth is. So he just play—he just—it must take ages to do this stuff, and he's going to be back. And he's going to start kind of getting back on it let's see oh yeah here's a synth so here we go there we go this is uh he also uses really crappy video cameras but good audio the sq1 there's a whole these are these are sort of some rough cuts of things that he he didn't post but these are the sort of things he did he's he's always got some great riffs it's People do respond well to a good riff on a synth. I do. What's this one? So anyway, he's back. You can check him out. I think his uh, his YouTube handle is Jexus, J E X U S. And I, I know people were saying in the chat room uh, some time ago. You know, Jexus is back. Jexus is back. So hopefully there will be some more stuff from him. And I think um, I don't know video. It's it's like the things that I've started doing, the, you know, just the little jams on synths. You know, people respond really well mm-hmm. to that kind of stuff. You know, they they they, oh, they kind of no, are nice. happy. They're happy to watch, and I think you mm-hmm. know, I, I mean, he's created a bit of a rock for his back in that it's there's all this other other creative input he has to put into it to create that kind of weird uh, video narrative. But it's interesting. It's like um, it's like gaming, isn't it? You know, people are happy to watch people game. You know, there's all those sort of Twitch channels. Yes, that, shoot, yeah. and, that, and unwrap ju-
1: unwrap stuff from IKEA and stuff like that. Yeah. um but uh yeah i mean you know i i spent a lot of time uh on ebay at night going through some old keyboards and vintage stuff and all that and 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 whenever i come across some hardware that i'm not that that i don't know i go and look for videos on on youtube and some of them are just mind-blowing in the sense that they're so bad yeah, You well, know, people who, who who don't have a clue and are trying to, um, with crappy sound, it's almost like enjoyable to, to watch at times. But uh, <laughs> no, but uh, Jackson's uh, videos are, are really great. And there's something about his sound, which is uh, quite unusual, but at the same time... Um, it's like a theme. It's all kind of sawtooth based and it's really lush and it's really, um, lo-fi. Um, I heard that he records all his videos to, to VHS and I'm wondering Uh. whether he records the sound and then he transferred it. So, so actually his effects, his effects and all that are not digital. They're real. He's like messing with the tracking and, uh, I don't know, stuff like that. Wow. Wow. So I'm wondering whether he records the the audio to to VHS as well because that's quite an interesting sound.
0: Yeah well I mean there was a whole period of uh, of using VHS tapes to master I mean ADATS um mm-hmm. uh, legendarily used uh, you know it's a digital format but they were SVHS tapes weren't they and then there was the Sony F1 system which was on Betamax tapes I mean there's No but I'm, talking, yeah, stuff, but I'm talking Yeah but I'm
1: talking about the analog yeah I'm talking about the analog. actual <laughs> analog uh, uh, yeah analog tracks uh, within within the VH, VHS uh, tape yeah, cuz that's, that's a great uh, idea. there's actually a pr- there's actually a plugin called VHS um an ensemble for um, Reactor. Um I think it's a freebie as well. It's it's free um and it's called VHS and it's really amazing. It doesn't necessarily sound like uh like a VHS tape, but it's a really good lo-fi uh maker basically.
0: Ah, well, that sounds like a good idea. Really Gaz, nice. you were you were just coming yeah. in.
1: Oh,
2: well, I just remembered about this old VHS player I used to have an old J uh... I can't remember if it was JVC or something. I'm not sure, uh, but it had a couple. It had two quarter-inch um, mic inputs on the front, and and it so you could actually record into stereo directly onto on, 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 it. And it did sound mm-hmm. actually really good. And so so I sometimes used to just use it just to record onto. But um, I also realised that you could record your own soundtracks. And uh, I remember in my first flat, one of the guys who was this is a bit of a wrong story, but it's funny. Um, he had a he had like a he had a blue movie on VHS, and when he was out, we re-dubbed the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time then we just heard him like yelling from his room, "Bastard!" <laughs> yes, he I mean, this is obviously I, in the pre-internet days.
0: <laughs> I do, yeah, I was just thinking about that. I mean, so you could because there were two. A lot of the, did VHS have four channel and you, you two of it would be pre-recorded and you could overdub, I remember, I remember yeah, the some, there's some like video that. format, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we could overdub, yeah that's
2: right, because we were overdubbing
0: onto things that were already we, there, that were still there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's great, <laughs> what a great idea. Um, okay, well, uh, I think that kind of brings us to about five o'clock. I've still got a couple of topics that keep falling off the end, but hopefully um, things are going to start picking up. I mean, the, the, the news the news side of things is still a little slow, but I think that's going to be picking up pretty soon. There's going to be some more mm. interesting things joining in, and uh, I just want to say thank you very much for everybody for joining us. It's been great fun. Thank you very much to the uh, the chatties uh, in the chat room. Thank you. That's uh, You can find us at sonicstate.com forward slash live. We've got an IRC. Old school. It's like the VHS chat room effectively <laughs> but people still still dig it and then there's obviously the yeah. YouTube chat room uh, if you subscribe to the channel uh, Sonic State then you will get notified every time we go live which is once a week 4pm if you've made it this far you probably already know that right and once again I should probably say thank you very much to Isotope for the competition prize if you want uh, a chance to win Isotope's excellent RX7 audio fixing and restoration bundle we're looking for the hashtag mix deconstruction that's one word and the hashtag RX7 to at Sonic State and at isotope inc that's on twitter uh fill up fill up the extra characters with anything you fancy i know that uh, they monitor it and we monitor it so it's always nice to see any messages or photos or anything else there and uh, uh good luck if you want to enter that competition but that's it for this week thank you very much yoad thank you for joining us i hope the rest of your week uh, uh working on um,
1: Thanks,
0: cutting edge coding products at uh, waves inc will uh will be a fruitful one but I bet you're dying to get back thank to your you. studio, right? Now that you've yeah, finished it.
1: I am. <laughs> now this is already, yeah. Absolutely.
0: You're pining for your pining for your studio. But thank you very much <laughs> for joining us. And also, Gaz, thanks for My joining pleasure. us as well. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get that audio thing sorted out at some point. Did you get your Mac fixed yet? Or are you still
2: Oh Mac Oh gosh. This is a big hefty bill. So, ah. it's trying to work out what to do. But I mean, I think it's still, its value is still around 1500 quid. So, I think it's worth doing. But it's kind of, uh, mm, I think, yeah, it's just. The, I was going to say, though, Nick, I thought that your last uh, Friday Fun with the clavinet and the Ventress. Oh, the, the clav. Uh, the Ventris, <laughs> that's really oh, cool. yeah, I liked it. it really I watched cool. it as well. Really I really cool, liked yeah. it. Yeah, you yeah, know, I love the Friday Fun. It's brilliant.
0: I just remember because when I reviewed the. Um, the, the Artura Key Lab Mark II, which is the master keyboard. It came mm. with Analog Lab. And I just remember thinking how great that clav sounded and how great mm. a clav sounded generally. And they've done a pretty good job of, of creating a sampled instrument. And like I said, I looked at buying one, but they were not like up to three mm. grand for for just a oh. regular old, old, clav it's which so, I remember was the so cheap. Playability of a, oh.
2: I love the way a clav feels so You can feel that when you hit those strings, that physical action mm-hmm. of it is they are amazing. I want one. I want one. I really yeah, want
0: I one. think I would like <laughs> one as well. It's one instrument. and yeah. uh, maybe I'll trade in my ro my uh whirly EP two Andred A for a
2: greatest clav uh, player in the world, I think, is Kerry Maneer from Gentle Giant. What he used to do with a clav was absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Um really uh, sounds like freehand you know that the clav work um yeah amazing
0: okay well uh, I, I, I i if i get one then i can do another one i feel like i can't do another one digitally it would have to be analog but anyway guys, thank yeah. you very much for joining mm. us uh, as well my pleasure and uh, of course uh, we'll head off into the sunset with our traditional uh wave goodbye mm. uh thank you very much everybody for watching let me see did i actually yes i did start the youtube video so we'll say goodbye now <laughs> and press end and off we go see you later